Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. The gospel message that we present here weekly on Anchor Point is really not a complicated one. A person who wants to be right with God doesn't need to memorize all kinds of scripture, complete Bible courses, or be able to explain all the doctrines of the Bible. No, the message can be expressed in just 25 words. 25 words that can mean the difference between eternal life and eternal death. The Apostle Paul writes to a young man, Timothy, and uses these 25 words to tell him what the gospel is all about. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. 25 words. What are they saying? What are they telling us? Well, first of all, that the word of God is accurate and reliable. Then, that it is applicable to the individual, that is to me, to you, and to everyone. Third, that it is referring to an accomplished work, a completed work, a work that satisfies both man and God. And finally, it's a message that if received will be appreciated and affect your life forever. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Marvin Dirksen presents the gospel message from this simple text. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we'll read verse number 15. Many young people have memorized this verse. But perhaps for some here, it's, it'll be a new verse. Uh, 25 simple and yet 25 very, very wonderful words of truth. These are the words of Paul as he's writing to a young man called Timothy. And he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul adds, of whom I am chief. Now let me just put it in a different version. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost, or put me at the top of the list. I don't know if those words mean anything to you tonight, but those 25 words, it really encapsulate the tremendous truth of the gospel. Perhaps the gospel, or the word gospel is, is a new word for you, I don't know. But the word gospel means good news. And what we have read tonight in these 25 words of this verse make us aware of the great good news that have come to us from heaven. It's interesting that as Paul was writing this letter to this young man, Timothy, that he was really writing about church order, how things should be done in a local gathering of believers. And I have just wondered whether as he began to write, that he began to think of God's dealings with him, of the time when God spoke to him and singled him out 
And I can just, maybe it's my imagination, but I can just see Paul putting his pen down and, and remembering the grace of God that had touched his life. And then perhaps he picked up his pen again and he began to write. And he said, this is a faithful saying. It's reliable. It's worthy of everyone receiving it. What is that, Paul? What are you writing about? Oh, I want to tell you, he said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he said, of whom I am chief. I think in this audience tonight, there are many, and we can find ourselves in that verse. And we can bow with gratitude and worship that this statement is absolutely true, that it has impacted our lives both now and forever. We would like to tell you about this wonderful Savior and the purpose why he came and this message of salvation and the gospel. I'd like to put just four very simple words, just as bookmarks, you might say, or as, as hinges to hang things on. Because I see four tremendous truths in these 25 words. Paul says this is a, a reliable saying, and it's worthy of everyone receiving it. And to me, those words make us aware of the accuracy. This message is accurate. I think anyone that listens to a message of any kind would ask themselves, is it true? Is it true? And if it's not true, if it's fiction, then I listen with a different perspective. If it's only a fairy tale, well, then it won't impact my life. But if this information is true, then I must listen. And tonight we want to tell you that this is an accurate message. But not only is it accurate, because we have read that Christ Jesus came into this world, this world of humanity. He really was here on planet Earth. And it makes me aware that this is not just an accurate message. This is a message that applies to me. It's applicable. This is not for someone else. This is for me. Because God makes us very much aware that we have all sinned. We have all gone our own way. We are all constituted sinners in God's sight. And that's exactly why he came. And so I want to tell you tonight that this message and the truth of this verse is applicable to the speaker and to every individual here tonight and to everyone in this city. But we have read about a person who came, Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And you might say, well, did he do it? Did he finish it? It's one thing to have a purpose. It's another thing to accomplish it. And I want to tell you tonight that this is an accurate message and it's applicable to me. But we want to tell you about a tremendous purpose and a tremendous work that was accomplished. It was finished to God's entire satisfaction. And tonight we're able to tell you that there is forgiveness for every individual in this world. No exceptions. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that's why we're able to tell you that there upon a cross, the great price was paid. The great gulf was bridged. And tonight there is a wonderful salvation forgiveness because of this accomplished work. I hope you won't miss the last part because Paul says, of whom I am chief. And I just think that here's a man and he appreciated. He had received, he had accepted this wonderful Savior and he appreciated the grace of God in his life. I wonder, have you ever had a moment of appreciation for God's wonderful salvation? Because Paul is really giving in very concise form the entire truth of what the gospel is all about. This is 
a reliable saying. It's worthy of your accepting tonight. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul says, of whom I am chief. Let me ask you, is it important that messages are reliable and accurate? If you were to go to the doctor because you're not feeling all that well and uh, the physician orders some x-rays, and after the x-ray reports are returned, he or she calls you into the office and says, I need to speak to you. And as you sit down in front of the physician there, is it important to you that they would tell you the truth? Or would you rather have them paint a very, very good picture, but not accurate? I think anyone that's honest and anyone that is understanding of the issues would say, I want the physician to tell me the truth, because it is a matter of life or death many times, isn't it? I would want them to be able to be absolutely honest with that, because medical reports would mean the difference between life and death. If your accountant called you in and said, uh, we have to look at the bottom line, the accountant would go over the numbers, and uh, would you want them to be accurate in their assessment? I think you certainly would if you were in business, because it could mean the difference between a bankruptcy or very good profit. Or if you were to, and I'm going to date myself now, but if you were to pick up a map, now we have the GPS now, but if you were to pick up a map, you were looking for your way. You're looking to, to try and navigate through the streets of a large city. Would you be concerned whether that map was accurate or not? Because a map that's not accurate could mean the difference between hours spent roaming around and being lost or being able to reach your destination. You see, tonight we're telling you about a map that God has given to us. Words of truth. And I'm well aware that the world that we find ourselves in tonight look at this message and look at this book as if it's out of date that it's not reliable, that we're wasting our time to even read it, let alone believe it. But I think anyone that has read this book with honesty, with a searching heart, will find that this book tells it the way it is. This is a book of truth. This is a book of accuracy. This is a book that has come from the very heart and hand of God. This is God's Word. Yes, written by men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But as we pick up this book, we find that God has spoken within unmistakable, accurate tones. You can rest on this book. You can put a foundation on this book. And my dear friend, you can not only live with this book, but you can die with the truth of this book. But you know, sadly, a lot of people are following inaccurate maps. Every one of us, is following some kind of a map with regard to our life. And I think in this world of ours, and maybe perhaps even in this service tonight, you're basing your life on a map that is not accurate. A lot of people overestimate the map of their life, how long it's going to be. An awful lot of people underestimate the, the reality and the length of eternity ahead of them. A lot of people just feel that the grave is the end and they'll just be having a nice, long, wonderful nap. My dear friend, that is the wrong map, because this book makes us very much aware that, yes, there is the journey of life, but we're all coming to a departure when we will say goodbye. But that is not the end of our existence. That is the end of the journey of life. And then we step into eternity. 
a never-ending existence in either one of two places. Because, you see, we've been made by God, and we are accountable to him. And tonight, as we open up this book, we understand there is a real heaven for those that have received Christ. What a wonderful place. What a wonderful reality. God wants you to be there. He really does. There's also a place called hell. Never, never intended for people. And yet every single one of us in this audience tonight is heading for one of those two places. That's why as Paul wrote these words, he said, this is a a reliable, this is a trustworthy saying. Because this book makes us aware of its unchanging truth. This book will never change. Not like some of our textbooks. I well remember spending hundreds of dollars on textbooks and the next year they were out of date. And I still have some of them. So if you want them, see me later. No, this book will never change. It'll never go out of date. In fact, the Lord Jesus can say, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. This is a book of unchanging truth. But this is a message that is unreserved and is welcome. God has an interest in you. And perhaps the very reason why you're here tonight is the evidence that God is drawing you, that God has his eye upon you, that God's desires that you might come to appreciate the greatness of his love and the wonder of his great provision when he sent his son to be the savior of the world. It's unreserved in its welcome. This salvation and the truth of this book is unlimited in its blessing. It impacts our life here, and it'll change our life for all eternity. This is the faithful say, and it's worthy of your receiving it tonight. But I need to go a little closer because this is a message that applies to every one of us. This is a message that deals with our greatest problem. Now, I'm well aware that life is not always user-friendly, is it? There are great concerns. There are great problems. There are great sorrows. There are great agonies. There are great reversals. We have a huge problem that we have to face. And you see, it's the problem of who we are. It's the problem of what we have done. And simply put, this book tells us about our sin, our sin. You say, that's a very old-fashioned word. Yes, it's old-fashioned, but it's applicable because every single one of us have sinned. The Bible tells us all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his, his own way. And there are people, and some of them take the high road, the road of education, the road of culture, the road of success, the road of morality, whatever. Yes, some take the low road, and they scrape through life with all kinds of sorrows and tragedies. But ultimately, it's our own way. In fact, as God looks at this world, he sees a world that has turned its back on the Savior. The Bible tells us that when the Lord Jesus Christ came, he came into a world that despised him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as God looks at this world, he sees a world of humanity that is marked and marred by sin. Because you see, sin is serious in God's sight. Sin has far-reaching consequences. The Bible tells us about the wages, the wages of sin. The Bible tells us that sin, when it's finished, it brings forth death. So there are consequences. There are results. Sin is serious. And that's why tonight we want to focus for you the tremendous issue that we all face, our sin, our accountability to God, This is a message that applies to us. 
And tonight, the great issue is, how will your sins ever be forgiven? How can they ever be removed? How can you be made clean? Last week, I had supper with a dear couple. Marlene used to take some students in from other countries, and one of the young women came from the country of Japan. I happened to be there for a gospel series, and I found it very interesting as we compared notes that Marlene picked her up at the airport and brought her to her first gospel service. She had never been in a gospel service before. Her English was limited, but not too bad. That was Thursday night. She came back Friday night. She came back Sunday night, Monday night, four nights, going home. She said to Marlene in kind of broken English, she says, that is good message. Will that message make me clean? That boy, four nights, she's got the message. Will that message make me clean? We need to be cleansed of our sin. We need forgiveness. And tonight, if you have never faced your sin, my dear friend, I trust you will face it now because there's nothing more serious and there's nothing more pressing and there's no greater need than to have your sins forgiven. And I want to tell you that that's what the gospel is all about. You can know here and now that your sins have been forgiven. You can leave with the absolute assurance that I have peace with God being justified by faith, Romans 5 and 1 tells us, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. But the issue is our sin. Some of you might remember in February of 2003, there was a, a space shuttle that was returning from its experiments. I can't remember how many days Columbia had been up in the heavens and the atmosphere there. But as it lifted off from the Cape Canaveral, some of the heat shielding tiles were sheared off. Now that didn't detract from its ascent, and it gained its, its orbit. And those astronauts went through all the experiments, ticking off one by one. The mission was a success, but now they were coming back. And unknown to those astronauts inside that space shuttle, there was a very, very grave, serious problem that faced them. NASA knew about it. They were helpless to do anything about it, because you see, what had impacted that liftoff at the beginning was now going to have tragic results at the end. Do you understand tonight what we're talking about? What took place at the beginning of that mission was going to affect the end. In 12 minutes from touchdown, as those astronauts tidied up the cabin, put everything away, locked the cabinet doors, ready to re-enter and ready to be reunited with their loved ones, as that space shuttle came back into the atmosphere of, of the Earth. Tragically, it blew up into a million pieces. What had impacted the beginning affected the end. You see, tonight in the Gospel, we want to tell you that there's a problem at the beginning of our journey. We were born with a sinful nature. We were born not linked with God. And sadly, what impacted the beginning of our life's journey, if unaddressed, will tragically affect the end of the journey. That's why you need your sins forgiven. And that's why I want to tell you very simply about this wonderful Savior. Because we have read these amazing words, simple but amazing words. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. You see, the person is very much in view. That forgiveness and salvation and reconciliation and cleansing is not found in a church. It's not found in a creed. 
It's not found in an ordinance. But salvation is found in a person, our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is he? Oh, he's the mighty creator. He's the one that made all that we see around us. He was in the world and the world was made by him. He's the mighty creator. But you see, he's the eternal son of God. And he is the one, the Bible says, the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Christ Jesus came into the world. We might well ask, where did he come from? Ah, he left the splendors of heaven, knowing his destiny was the lonely hill of Golgotha cross, there to lay down his life for me. His pathway, his purpose, why did he come? He came to seek and to save that which is lost. I don't know if that includes you, but that includes me. He came to put away sin. He came to save sinners. He came to deal with that great issue that we face, that we are impotent to do anything about. He came to pay for the penalty of our sin. That was a very costly payment. The pains of Calvary involved a man who was crowned with the crown of thorns, who was blindfolded and spit upon, whose back was raked with a Roman lash, and ultimately who stepped into the darkness of Calvary. And the judgment of God, the judgment of God, fell upon the only one that had never sinned. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. That great work has been finished. That great work has been accomplished. The price has been paid in full. If you were to receive him, you would come into the greatest of all blessings. This is an accurate message. It's true. It applies to me that you might find appreciation and acceptance of this glorious Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves. He came to suffer and to die at Calvary under the judgment of God for our sins. He came into the world to save sinners. Did he accomplish this great feat? He certainly did. Can you trust in the record that God has given us about himself? You certainly can. Will you receive him, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your own personal Savior? You certainly must. And if you do, your life will never be the same again as you love and serve a new master and start on the road that leads you to live with him for all of eternity. Take God's offer today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. 
There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor. <laughs>